testimony that I don't know if you guys heard about. You know the church in Kenya that was birthed because they were watching our web stream and uh, actually they got saved by watching our web stream and then they were worshiping and people started showing up at their house and then they formed a church. So here's the latest story. This is amazing. I got this email and I, ch I, I checked with Pastor Joshua so it's, this is legitimate. He said it's real. Her name is Sally Mohammed. She said, from my name you can tell that I, uh, I don't have a Christian name. My father is a Muslim and all my family are Muslims and we've been brought up, you know, all our life to be Muslims. It was in last week that I and six other people were arranging to go and rob a bank. The time we were meeting was a few minutes to six in the evening. But badly, I'm just going to say it the way she wrote it, you know, my, my robber mates they had not arrived by then, so for me, I was holding a gun, and I decided to look for a good place to hide that I might not be caught by the police and be killed. I went to a bar, went inside, but I wasn't feeling comfortable, so I decided to jet outside and look for a good place to hide. I thought in a bar I could be, you know, caught because the police might enter. So anyway, and that would be bad for me. As I went out to look for a place to hide, I heard some noises like people singing, and I decided to enter in. It looked like a safe place. The police could not come into a church. It was a church. And uh, so in six minutes' time, I was in the church behind the people who were singing happily. I put my gun in my pocket and started clapping my hands so that nobody would notice me. I did not know anybody. As you know, Muslims, we have faith in killing people. That's what she said. And that's true. And then the pastor was called for the teaching and prayers as it was now getting dark outside, I decided to go out to see if I could get with my friends, Re resume the bank robbery, I guess, and uh, see if they had arrived. As I stepped out, I saw the police patrolling outside the church. I got right, I jetted right back into the church. Then I read the name of your ministry, the gathering, in front of the church that was written in large letters on a banner, and a man stood who, in my heart, he said he was the pastor. To my surprise, Pastor Joshua said something chilling, and chilling happened to me. I started trembling with a lot of fear. Pastor Joshua said, there's a man here. He had it half right. There's a man here in this service that is from a Muslim faith, and you're here, and this day you have to choose whether you live or die. Come forward. The, the words bunt me totally, whatever bunt means in Kenyan. 
Sounds like it startled me, shook me. But as I said, I will not surrender because Pastor Joshua, he doesn't know me. A few minutes later, Pastor Joshua stood again. And this time with a harsher voice, he called out my name. Now, wait a minute, God. Those guys are going way ahead of us way fast. He said, Sally Muhammad, come or either you will die. Live or die this day. So I saw the end of my world coming. With a lot of uneasiness, I stood and the whole church shouted. I could hear a few people praying heartily that I may be saved. I reached, I got to the altar and Pastor Joshua told all the people to be quiet. And good job, Joshua. And uh, please, Sally, he said, give me the gun. And I had, she said, I almost fainted. So many questions rang in my head. He did, how did he know my name? How did he know I have a gun? How did he know I was a Muslim? So many questions. My hand melted as I gave out the gun that I had used for two years. Pastor Joshua touched my forehead. I fell down for some minutes. I did not know where I was. I shouted loudly to Pastor, help! She thought, well, she actually got out. She called out for salvation. She said, save me. I need Jesus. That night I gave my life to Jesus. I denounced Muhammad as a false religion. It has no power compared to this church and Pastor Joshua. I'm now saved. Isn't that amazing? Wait, listen to see what else. So after the pastor took me to the police to hand over the gun, the police were happy for the move, and I, I am now a devoted Christian. What is amazing is that day all my friends who were to accompany me were killed by the police. I was spared and uh, as Joshua called me for, to live or die. Because this, your ministry, I saw it on the church banner. I'm emailing you to thank you for your work in Kenya. And then she goes on. She said, now I am for Jesus, 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 Jesus. Lovingly, come to Kenya. Sally Muhammad. That's pretty awesome. That's amazing. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, Jesus. What a mighty God, mighty God. But I had a major, some major encounter, encounters with the Lord during this time that I believe that speaks to where we are and where we're going. And uh, the first one was a dream that I had. We were in Pennsylvania visiting Shirley's family. And um, so we had a dream about we were going to an Elvis concert. And Shirley and I were outside the doors... Now, God may give you some things, so help me if you get something I didn't see. But we're standing outside waiting to get in. And there are two sections. There's a section that, of people that could sit closer to the front, maybe three, four, five hundred, I don't know. And then in the back, it was like endless. There were thousands of people waiting to get in. So they opened the door, and somehow we were able to sit in the front, or the front section. So we walk in the door, and somebody grabs my arm, and they won't let go. In the dream, I'm thinking, let go. Let go. I'm not going to get in the front. Let go. What are you doing? Oh, let go of my arm in the dream. You ever been there? You know what I mean? Well, finally he let go of my arm. But the front section was already taken, so I went off to the side. And I'm thinking, well, I could have been in the front. The guy hadn't held my arm. But I'm on the side. And then all of a sudden, they start giving away records to one person. And I, I'm all of a sudden in the front, standing right face. And they pick me. And they give me the records of Elvis Presley. So I'm good the records. I thought, well, that's pretty awesome. That guy that held my arm, it didn't work anyway. I'm still right here and I got the records. So I go out. 
Shirley and I, we just start marching out the door, and then it hit me. Wait a minute. It's just the records. The thing hadn't even started yet. Now, now who did, and I thought this in the dream, who is Elvis known as? The king. The king of rock and roll, right? I mean, you guys don't know, but we knew him as the, he was the king. And anyway, so I, it hit me. Wait a minute. We have the records. We, we have the Bible. We have the records of past moves of God. But the king is coming on stage. And I knew it. And I left Shirley at the door. I left her outside. I walked right in, man. I'm going to see the king. And now, I did text her in the dream. I te- they have, they have texts in dreams. And I text her, Shirley, I'm, I found my same seat. Come join me. The king is coming on stage. So anyway, I thought that's pretty awesome. The king. So let's look for the king. The Jesus is the king. You have to interpret those dreams. And then the next thing was, last week we were in Tennessee, and we've been praying for some relatives. One of them was into some deep thing, deep sin, bound up. And uh, we, I'm telling you, it probably, you would think, it's probably never going to come to Jesus. You know what I mean? Except that you're praying. So we're praying. Shirley's been very consistent over the years. Three of our relatives, one of them was that girl. They all got saved. And last Sunday we went to church with them. Three of them. Three of them we've been praying for. For 20, 25, I don't know how many years. Probably longer than that. And God's just showing me. Listen, don't give up on your prayers. Don't. Answers are coming. Long awaited. Nobody is impossible. Nothing is impossible. We're going to see breakthroughs in this hour. And then the third thing is your fault. You gave me this book. You gave me this book. The last Sunday in uh, that we were here, whenever it was, June, right? And so this book called Fire in the Carolinas. And so we started reading it. We went to, uh, we went to Myrtle Beach to spend a few days, Shirley and I, together on the beach. And uh, we had a lot of fun, wasn't it? Yeah, I... I You'll just, never, never mind, I'm not, I'm just going to talk about it, but that's silly. I got to go home, I don't want to go to the doghouse. So I won't talk about it. But anyway, it was a lot of fun, wasn't it? So anyway, all the way there, I'm, not all the way, but I'm praying for all the cities. You know, as we're going through Winston-Salem, Greensboro, as we would get to the city, I'm praying, God, send revival to Greensboro. Send, waken the church. God, push back darkness. So we get down, where is it, Rockingham? Anyway, all along the way there. And we just praying, Goldsboro and all this stuff. And uh, so anyway, I'm reading the book, reading about this guy, by the two men by the name of G.B. Cashwell and A.B. Crumbler. And they were in the late 1800s, early 1900s. They were used of God to light fires of revival in the Carolinas. And these guys were serious. And uh, one in particular, G.B. Cashwell was amazing the things that God did through him, really both of them. But denominations were impacted, churches were raised up. These men are mostly forgotten today, but they stirred the gates of hell. I mean, Cashwell was actually, they can't, a political party and a secret society got so upset with what was happening in the Carolinas, they came against his ministry and tried to drown out the fire. Well, they may have hindered him somewhat, but they didn't put out the fires. And so I'm reading all of this, and it's an amazing story. And I found out in this book, there are a lot of things that they did in some of those original camp meetings that we're doing right now. 
I didn't even know that. For example, the, uh, the Moravian Love Feast. In the original camp meetings in America, they had the Moravian Love Feast. Because it was a great time of celebration. They were remembering the Moravians and uh, the prayer and the mission movement. And there are other things. They, they had tents designated to salvation and tents designated to healing and things like that. And, and we've done, we've tried to do some of that and we're going to do more of that in the future. But Cashwell in particular went out to Azusa Street and was touched by the fire of God in the Azusa West Coast revival. Then he came back and had Azusa East Coast in Dunn, North Carolina. So, Anyway, the challenge at the end, there's a lot more in the book that I could tell you about. I'm going to later, but I'm going to go ahead and jump into reverse. No, not reverse, forward. Forward. We're going to go forward a little bit. Maybe reverse too. I don't know. But anyway, the challenge is to pick up the mantle. These men who started fires in revival that nobody even knows. So we, we found out that he was buried in Dunn, North Carolina. So, on the way home, we went to Dunn, North Carolina, and we found the graveyard. Now, the graveyard is about 20 acres, 25, I don't know. It's a gigantic graveyard. Thousands. How are you going to find a grave in a graveyard that size? I mean, it's rolling hills and big and huge and, you know. So, I just said a simple prayer. Father, there's no way I could find this. Would you help us? Would you lead us, Holy Spirit? In Jesus' name, amen. So anyway, we're driving through, and there's a little sec. Well, there are lots of old sections, but there's an old section with an old fence around it that's kind of falling down. And Shirley says, "What? Well, you know, that looks old. Why don't you go over there? So I get out of the car. I've learned to listen to my wife over the years. You know, it pays dividends, doesn't it? You know, so I get out, and I'm walking. I don't even, I'm not paying attention to any of the names. I can't remember any of the names. I may have been looking, you know, but I, I wasn't, nothing really clicked. I, and I didn't even get to that part that she said. I'm about 20 feet away, and I've stopped, and I look down, and I'm standing on the grave of G.B. Cashwell. I said, Shirley, you won't believe this. The first grave that I read, and the first place I stopped, I'm standing on his grave. So anyway, now listen, if I get this stuff, that means you get this stuff. You know, isn't that, this is an equal distribution church, you know what I mean? And so anyway, we, we prayed and I did a little thing, I got down and I asked God to honor that man and the things he did. And Lord, we want to pick up the mantle. And he was a holiness preacher. He preached holiness. And I saw, I, and I'm reading in this, do you know that back in the old days they preached holiness and they meant it. And, and under that conviction of the Holy Spirit, you couldn't, man, you, if you had sin in your life, you weren't going to be caught dead around the church. You wouldn't want to go in that place because of the conviction of the Holy Spirit. And even Wesley preached what they called the second blessing. And, uh, you know, that fire of sanctification that burns in your heart. I don't want to get too far ahead of myself because I want to touch back on that in just a moment. But here's what I want to finish up with this morning. You guys still, everybody's still with me. Nobody's running out. Aaron, good to see you. Aaron's been in training and doing and going. And it's good to see you back. I can't wait to see this place about three weeks from now. This place is going to be crawling with people. I'm just telling you, it's going to be so overwhelming. People are calling us, trying to get in. People saying, I'm coming. If I can't register, I'm going to stand up. Whatever, you know. I don't know how that's going to work. 
We probably won't invite the fire marshal. Don't, don't say, you know, I'm not gonna, you know, I don't know. He may show up. No, we'll try to keep the rule. We'll try to keep the aisles clear. But it's going to be an amazing time. And I've asked the Lord, I'm going to, just going to risk it. I've asked the Lord that we would never have to take out these chairs again. Now, I know that's a tall order for God. He's a big, tall God, though. Wouldn't it be something if we never had to take them out? And we're working on downstairs. We're going to finish that. So anyway, all right. Quickly. So listen quickly, and I'll, I'll share this quickly. What kind of man or woman is God going to use in this hour? What kind? Are you going to be one of them? That God's hand is going to be upon in what God's plan. Because this is no regular time in history. I know it's a time of history, but I believe it's a marked season that we've entered in to our nation. And God is breathing over the, the earth right now. How many of you believe that? There are things happening. Prayers are being answered. That's one reason we got to set by three of our relatives last week that we've been praying for for all those years. God is answering prayer. He's been answering our prayer. God's been answering your prayer. Restart those prayers again. Have faith. God is not finished yet. And uh, he's just begun, what I think. But what kind is he looking for? Well, first of all, he's looking, he's always looked for a people that he can call his own. And I'm, I, I know you're one of them. And I, I challenge you to say, God, I want to be one of the people that you call your own. Because the scripture talks all about that. There's so many places. For example, in Deuteronomy, in chapter 14, it says, For you are a holy people to the Lord, and the Lord has chosen you to be a people for himself. Every endeavor, every endeavor that God sends us on must be rooted in that we're first called to be his people. Before we go do his will, we got to just belong to him. Our satisfaction doesn't come in doing the will of God. It is in belonging to Him as His son or His daughter. And that's got to be our, our pleasure. And it is. And then Luke 1. He will also go before Him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Say, for the Lord. So that's what we're getting prepared for first. That's the foundation. We have to make sure we don't put the cart in front of the horse, right? You got it. I am made in this season of time for him. I'm his son. I'm his daughter. I've been called to be with him, to know him. First Peter, you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. And once were not a people, but now you are the people of God who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. So God's looking for a people. Secondly, he's looking for a people that are prepared, prepared for him, but also prepared to do what he wants you to do. So let, let me go. Look over in 2 Timothy. Turn with me if you would. See this in 2 Timothy and chapter 3. Verse 16. All Scripture. Say all Scripture. All Scripture. That, that is a new burning in my heart. There's a new burning. Thank you, God. Listen, we're going to be a people of the Scripture. 
Every wind of the Spirit is going to blow through America. Those winds of the Spirit are not landing here unless they have landed in the Scripture. With the wind. He's looking. You know who he's looking for? He's looking for those who will worship him in the Spirit and in truth. Right? We want both. We want the wind of the Holy Spirit and we want to be rooted solid in the Scripture. You know, that's what, you know what the gospel is? It's not just, it is good news. But it's the good news of Jesus that he was buried according to the Scripture. Remember that? That he died according to the Scripture, that he was buried and he rose again according to the Scripture. And we want our lives lived out. We want our testimony as an expression of the Spirit, but according to the Scripture. Does that make sense? You understand? So we want to be a people that turn many to righteousness. Look in 2 Timothy 3, he says, 16, All scriptures given by inspiration of God, profitable for reproof, for correction, for instruction, for doctrine. Doctrine's not a dirty word, is it? It just means teaching. Okay, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped, say equipped, for every good work. And so we're equipped by the scripture and also look in chapter 2 and verse 20. Now see if this is where you want to be. But in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, some for honor and some for what? Dishonor. Now a great, is this a great house? Well, it's a house. It is a great house. We don't have to be many in number to have a great purpose. Great calling, a great... I mean, we got people going all over the ends of the earth. And we have a great God that lives among us. I have a new vision of that, Ellie. He's a great God. He is with us. He is with you. He is with you. He's a great God. But nevertheless, they're in a great house. There are vessels of gold and silver wood and clay, some for honor, some for dishonor. So how do you get to be, which one would you rather be, for honor or dishonor? How do you get there? Well, look in the next verse. Therefore, therefore, see what it's there for. If anyone cleanses himself from the ladder, from the, the wood and the clay, he will be a vessel of honor sanctified, set apart, and useful for the master, prepared for every good work. How many of you see that? You know there's a scripture over in Isaiah 35, 8. Does anybody remember that verse? Isaiah 35, 8, it talks about a highway. Anybody remember? A highway of what? Holiness. God's building a highway right now through, right through the middle of America. If you want to go God's way, you better get on His highway. It's a holiness highway. Listen, I, are you talking about living perfect? I'm talking about being perfectly His and letting Him live through you. And He, the last time I checked, is holy. He's holy. So therefore, if anyone cleanses himself, so God, search us, try us. That ought to be our daily prayer as a young person. All of us. God, search me. Lord, God, cleanse me. God, don't let me get away with anything. Search me, try me, see if there be any wicked way within me so that I can get on the highway. I want to go His way. And that John Wesley, those guys knew something about that highway. 
when they would go to those meetings, there was like a burning fire of sanctification. And the people would run to the altar just to be sanctified. They called it a second blessing. Well, I believe there are many blessings. You know, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is a, a great blessing. But they would come, God, sanctify me, set me apart, burn out every remnant of myself so that I can be used up for you. That ought to be our prayer. In fact, in a moment, I'm going to pray, I'm, we're going to pray around the altar. God, those guys had something we probably don't have. So, Lord, would you let a fire of sanctification burn around the altar to burn us so we could be the vessels of honor prepared for you in this hour? So we got to get on the right highway. And then we got to be a people properly positioned. You know, Habakkuk, he said, uh, I will set myself, remember, on the rampart so that I may watch to see what he will say to me. You've got to set yourself in where God has positioned you to be. I don't remember if I told you this story or not, but when I was a, a pastor in Mississippi, single, I was an interim pastor of a church, and we had a flag football team. Did I ever tell you this story? But anyway, I was the quarterback. That was pretty cool. I was a pastor on Sunday and a quarterback on Monday. You know, and I was having a lot of fun. And we had a team, a flag football team, and we got in this league. And we're in the huddle. You know, and there's one guy that he's, he's a farmer, but he's a big guy, you know, huge, funny. You never knew what would come out of his mouth. And so we're in the huddle, and I'm all serious, man. All right, guys, come on. Let's go. Getting ready to call the play. And this guy says, I played college football. Yeah? Really? So he got our attention. That's cool. He said, yeah, I played in, guard, and tackle. Yeah? Wow. He said, yeah. I sat at the end of the bench, I guarded the water bucket, and I tackled everybody that tried to get near. And when he said that, you know, we just, we, time out, penalty, delay of game. I couldn't throw the ball five yards. We were just rolling on the ground. We, goodness gracious, you kidding? You'd have to know this guy to really appreciate it. But, you know, you can't play three positions. How are you going to play in guard and tackle? It ain't going to work. You got to get in your position. Get in your position. Do you know what I'm talking about? In, now, the, the, you get in your position, first of all, right here. My heart has to be properly positioned in Him with Jesus seated on the throne right there. That's where you get, really. But also, you want to be in your position and in your post. Don't leave your post. We got to have everybody in position for what God is doing in this hour. Does that make sense? And then God's looking for a people that are pure in heart. Do you know who are the people that are going to see God? Remember the Sermon on the Mount? Those who are what? Pure in heart will see God. They'll see God at work in their families, in their city, in their nation. And Second Timothy says... Flee also youthful lusts, pursue righteousness, faith, peace with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. The word pure, do you know what it means? It means clean. That's why we need the fires of sanctification. Because I have a hard time cleaning out my own heart. I mean, I can yield my heart to Him. You know what I mean? God, I give my heart to you. But we need the sanctifying work of the Spirit to burn out those things that are still stuck that we can't even see and we don't know how to get out, out, out anyway. You know what I'm talking about? So, God, we want to do that. I want what John Wesley preached. I want that sanctification. 
I don't care. You can call it a second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth blessing. I don't care. I want it. Because I want to be a vessel of honor in the house of God. How many of you want that too? God's coming that way. He wants to do that. We got to burn up before we burn for Him. Do you know what I'm talking about? He's going to shoot us His arrows. But we got to be a polished, pure, clean. You know, that's what David said. God, create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a right spirit within me. Take not your Holy Spirit from me. Cast me not away from your presence. So we got to pray that and believe it. And then a people whose hearts are perfectly His. Say perfectly His. Now what does that mean? Do you remember that scripture over in the first Chronicles? It says, the eyes of the Lord roam to and fro throughout the whole earth, seeking those whose what? Whose heart is loyal to Him. You look up the word loyal. The word loyal means whole. It also speaks of perfected. A perfected heart. What does that mean? It means that your heart is perfectly, wholly His. And so He can do with it whatever He wants to do. But you've yielded it perfectly to Him. He perfects it. But we have to be a perfect-hearted, yielded vessel to the Lord. Amen. Anybody got that? Lord, I want my heart. I want to be perfectly yielded, fitted in my heart toward you. This is how you get to be used of God in this next great move of God on the planet. Okay, it's very simple. It's a, a matter of the heart. And then he's looking for people that are passionate for Jesus. You know, you know when I do that ask the pastor thing, I'm just going to share with you probably, I hope they're not watching, but it's interesting. There are some folks that are more passionate about the second coming of Jesus and how he's coming than they are the one who's coming. You know what I'm talking about? I don't think anybody's going to get it right exactly how he's going to come. I think some have it wrong, but I might have it wrong. But I don't know. All I know is he's coming. He's coming. And, and I just want to be passionate for the one that's coming. Does that make sense? There are books written about the coming of the Lord. Well, focus on he that has come, and when he comes, you won't miss him. Now, we're going to talk a lot about that. I believe he's coming. So I'm not going to neglect that part of the gospel. No, no way. And then there's some things, I think, that have led some people astray, and they're comfortable. They think they're going to get out of here right before things get bad. I'm not looking to get out. I'm looking to grow up so that I can be all that I've been called to be as long as I'm here to be. You know what I'm talking about? We don't, we're not looking for a great escape. We're looking for a great God. Great God in the midst of whatever comes our way on the earth. The revelation is about Jesus. Jesus, He is the revelator. He is the revelation. He's the one we're looking for. So a people passionate and then a people committed to prayer. And we've talked about that. God answers prayer. God will answer my prayer. He's answering prayers. I don't know. I can't tell you what that did for us last week. Sitting by those three guys saying, God, you did a miracle. These people, we prayed for them 25, 30, I don't even know how many years. God, one of them was so deep in sin. I'm just telling you, it was so bad. God is a good God. God answers prayer. God answers prayer. God answers your prayer. David, God answers your prayer. 
There's a whole truckload of answers just waiting to rip open. You just keep praying. God will send, if He can send angels to chase our enemies away, He can send angels to rip open that, that truckload of answered prayers. Does that make sense? I don't know if all that's exactly, you know, in Scripture. And then a people willing to be poured out. No, no, I back up. A people that are poised and ready. Poised and ready. Poised means assured, composed, balanced, steady, in a state of readiness. You remain in place, still ready to pounce. Unshakable. Unshakable. Wait a minute. Are we receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken? Are we? How many of you know we are? So that means we are unshakable. Let everything be shaken that can be shaken. If you're standing on solid foundation... If your rock is Christ, you are unshakable. You are not on sinking sand. You're standing on solid foundation. And so you can stand there poised and ready. Ready to pounce. You know what I mean? Now, we don't want to get ahead of God. Same thing like in that, you know, if that guy hadn't cracked that joke. And he didn't. We did get up and finish the game. I don't think I threw another completion the rest of that game after that. But... But you know, you're poised, ready, set, hype. You don't want to jump the gun. You don't move on ready. You move on hike. Now that's a prophetic word for some of you right now, I'm telling you. Don't move just because you think everything is ready. You wait for God to say hike. The thing is, he's saying hike right now to a whole bunch of folks. You don't want to be hanging back there when he says hike. You know, I, I wonder if God said hike. When's God going to say hike? He said hike. Somebody just heard that. I'm telling you, does that make sense? There's some stuff some of you have been waiting on, sitting on. I'm going to say it prophetically. Hike. You got it? Move forward. Do the will of God. It's time. And then a people poured out. Poured out. What are you talking about? Philippians 2.17, Paul speaks of being poured out as a drink offering on the sacrifice of the service of your faith. Remember that old song, Broken and Spilled Out? Any of you? Now, you guys ain't going to remember this. But some of you guys remember that. Broken and Spilled Out. Who was it? Steve Green. You remember Steve Green? Did you have Steve Green in South Africa? You don't remember him before your time but they had this song broken and spilled out you, you don't remember that oh no how many of you remember okay you remember you remember broken and spilled out I'm not going to sing it for you but so I thought about that song this week and he talks about how the, the lady with the alabaster you know jar she broke the jar at, and so it spilled out to minister to the Lord. And then, you know, the next verse talks about how God sent His Son who was broken and spilled out. His blood was spilled out for salvation. And how that you and I, that is to be our life as well. We're to live as broken vessels being ready to be poured out to broken humanity. Because the broken are all around us. They're all around us every day. And God uses broken vessels to heal those who have no vessel at all. And He pours His life through us. we got to be ready to be poured out. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Ready to be poured out. Ready for the life of God. Listen, you might get 
used and abused. So what? If people are being touched by God, it's worth it. It's worth it. If souls are being added to the kingdom of God. And so, God, we just want to be broken and spilled out vessels in the hand of God. What if he chooses to pick you up and drop you and break you so you spill out and your fragrance, you know, I don't know what all God's doing, but I'm telling you it's a good thing whatever he's doing. So get in the hand of God and let him, let him have his way. Does that make sense to you? Broken, poured out, spilled out, and then one last thing. Some of you are saying, man, you done preached two messages. How are you going to finish this up now? I'll show you. John chapter 20. Go with me if you would. And then we're going to wrap it up. And everybody said, Amen. Look at this. John chapter 20. One more thing. God will use the people that are full and walking in. And they, they're walking in the power of the Holy Spirit. we got to have the power of the Spirit. Do you know in those original camp meetings... They would meet and they would pray for the descent of the Holy Spirit. They would cry out, God, send the Holy Spirit. Lord, rend the heavens. They took Isaiah, was it 64 literally? Rend the heavens, O oh God. Come down. Shake the mountains at your presence. And you know what God did? The Spirit of God descended on those meetings. And there was a holy presence of God. I read in that book one testimony written in a newspaper somewhere in one of those camp meetings where the power of God fell in such, such degree that it said literally in the newspaper, the slain of the Lord are many. Because of the slain of the Lord, of the people that had been slain by the power of God, the slain of the Lord was many in that city because of the power of God that had visited the people. And when they got up, they got up as vessels of honor in the house of God. So we're going to pray for the descent of the Holy Spirit this morning. You guys with me? we got a lot to pray for. I know we've covered a whole lot of stuff. But look at this. Verse 19. Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews. Now they gathered together. Not for the greatest of motives. They just, they came together because they were scared to death of what was going to happen to them. There may be a time that people come to church, you know, I don't know how it all will unfold, but it could be that one way they fill the church houses up. They're scared to death of what's happening. I don't know. But anyway, God's not worried about the motives. I mean, He, yes, our motives, He's purifying our motives, but God is God. God's got a mission, and He's looking for a people to fulfill the mission. And he was looking for these disciples, even though they were gathered, maybe not for the best of reason, for fear of the Jews. But Jesus came. Jesus came. Say, Jesus came. Jesus came and stood in the midst. And he said to them, not only did he come, he said to them. He came. He said to them, peace be with you. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. I mean, all of a sudden, their fears subsided. That Their fears left. They were no longer fearful of what was going to happen. They were excited for what God was doing. And so Jesus said to them again. He said to them again. He wanted them to make sure. 
because they became glad. They didn't receive the peace the first time. So Jesus said to them, Peace to you. As the Father sent me, I send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. And if you retain the sins of any, they are retained. So there are four things that happened really quick. Number one, when Jesus came in, they got a new perspective. Listen, we're never going to get the right perspective by listening to the politician or the news media. We need God's perspective for the hour. Amen? God's per God, give me your perspective. I promise you, your own perspective is warped of what's going on. God, I see this one way, but the Bible says your ways are higher. So God, I'm asking for your thoughts, your ways, so that my ways and thoughts can be in line with where your ways and your thoughts. Amen? So we got to get a new perspective. And then secondly, they got peace. Man, I'm telling you, there's a peace coming over the church like you've never known. Get ready for the peace of God. Peace I give unto you. Peace I speak to you. World probably going to rock a little bit more, don't you think? I don't know how this is all going to unfold in our government. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be really interesting. But you got to keep your peace, whatever happens. Keep your peace. Keep the peace of God. God gave you peace. He's not going to take it away. He's not an Indian. Well, I don't want to say that. I was going to say he's not an Indian giver, but that's not a bad thing. I think that's not good. I rebuke that remark. We're no Indian. I, I don't mean anything against Indians. You know what I mean? One time I, I said that and I felt like the Lord said, don't say that. Don't even, don't even worry about that. But God doesn't do that is what I'm saying. He doesn't give something to you and take it away. Neither do the Indians. They don't do that either. So we break that old wives' tale that was spoken over. We need a new peace. And then we need a new purpose. And what is the purpose? It's the Father's purpose. You want purpose in life? You want purpose. You want to know your purpose. Then just follow Jesus and get involved because Jesus is doing the will of the Father. And Jesus said, as my Father sent me, so I'm sending you. So you don't even have to worry about it. You don't even have to know all that you've been called to do. Follow Jesus. Jesus is doing the will of the Father. And if you follow Him, you'll do the will of the Father too. And one of the purposes is to bring forgiveness to those that are bound in sin. That's what verse 23 is all about. But then they receive a new power. And that's what verse 22. He said, He breathed on them. And when He had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. Amen? We need a new breath of God. We need God to breathe over us. Receive and then go do. Simple as that. Anybody want it? Let's just wait a moment. God, you're an awesome God. Holy Spirit, come. Lord, you're no respecter of persons. Just like those saints that would gather around in those camp meetings back in the 1800s, 1900s. God, we're gathering in 2017. And we're saying, come, Holy Spirit. 
Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on this place. Fall fresh on us. Fall fresh on me. Make that your prayer. Say, Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on me. Now come, Holy Spirit. Spirit of God. Come, Spirit of God. Thank you, Lord. Come, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. How many of you sense God touching you right now, doing something? How many of you? You? Others? Just raise your hand and put it back down. I feel like God's touching. Okay, more, Lord. Let's just say more. 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 God, to the people to the left and right of us, right now, we pray. God, we ask you to touch people in this room. Touch people, Lord. How many of you need that fire? The fire of sanctification. I want you to, if you want that, just stay, let's all stand. Let's all stand. Now, first of all, before we do this, this is going to be really real. If you're here without Jesus, you've never put your trust in Jesus, you've got to first be born again. You've got to be saved. That's the beginning of the story. The story is Jesus. I'm a sinner. I'm lost. I have sinned against you, a holy God. And I repent. I'm sorry. I confess my sin. And you know what the word repent means? It means I turn. So God, I come to you. I see what you have defined as in me a sinful lifestyle. I've lived apart from you. I've not known you. I've not surrendered fully my heart. And so I turn away from sin and I turn to you. And I write on the, the, the door of my heart, Jesus, come. Jesus, you are Lord. And so you have to do that. You have to begin the journey by turning to Him, believing that God raised His Son from the dead and, and acknowledging your need of Him and receiving Him by faith. And there are people that are watching. We know they're watching and we know they're, they're receiving. So it's pretty awesome. But I want to lead in a prayer. If you want to know Jesus, if you don't know that if you left today that you would spend eternity in heaven, if something happened to you this day, and you want to know that you know that you know that you're right with God, then just pray, but not just pray after me. You call on Jesus. You call on Him. Out of your heart, you turn, and He will come, because whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How many of you know that's true? It's, it's true. We confess... We believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead. So just say, dear God, let's all say it out loud. Dear God, I need you. And I confess my sin. I ask you to forgive me. I believe in Jesus. That he is the son of God. That he died on the cross. He was buried and he rose from the dead. Now I come to you, I turn from my sin, and I receive salvation. The gift of salvation, I receive by faith. I yield to you wholly, all that I am, all that I've ever been, and all that I will ever be. You are Lord of my life. I thank you, Jesus, that if I call on you, I will be saved. And I ask you to fill me now 
with the Holy Spirit that I can live for you, serve you, and be a vessel of honor in the house of God. Now, thank you in Jesus' name. Now, I don't know how God's going to do this, but if you want to be a part of this fire of sanctification, I want you to join me around the altar. I'm signing up to, I'm, I'm signing up to this. I don't know how this is going to happen, but if you want this, is this biblical? If it's good enough for John Wesley, if it's good enough for the Bible, because it's in the Bible, we're sanctified. Now, we're sanctified by faith in Jesus. We are sanctified. There will be the ultimate sanctification, but we're being sanctified. I know that. So we're just trying to jump the gun. God, whatever you want to do, just come and burn us out. Burn out the sin. Every little crevice, every little crack, every little whatever. God, we don't know all the right words. We just want you to come holy fire and burn in us holy fire so that we can be holy vessels in the hand of God. Does that make sense? Everybody in agreement? Okay, so we're pretty well theologically, we know we're saying, we're calling on you, God. We want, we want you to burn us. We want you to come. You're a holy fire. He's the fire. So God, would you do that right now? Holy fire. Holy fire of God. Would you come and burn out every little remnant of hidden sin? Come, Spirit of God. Come, increase, and burn out, God, every little remnant of self. Now let, let him come. Thank you, Lord. Just releasing that. Thank you. Fire. Release fire. Release fire. Release fire. Thank you. It's like God's putting us on the fast track. Because there's a lot about to happen, so he's getting us ready. So we're going, we're going to go out of here ready, ready. Thank you, Lord. Release fresh anointing, fresh oil, fresh fire, fresh fire, fresh fire, fresh fire, fresh fire. God bless these guys. God bless you, sir. Glad you came. God bless you. Fresh fire, fresh, fresh fire, fresh fire, fresh fire. I'm just, I'm laying hands, but if you're behind or beside anybody I'm laying hands on, then the fire's coming. So you just grab hold, okay? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you. Fresh fire. Fresh. Fresh anointing. Fresh anointing. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. The descent of the Holy Spirit. We receive. Fall in this place. Come with your presence. Anoint every vessel in this place. Fresh fire of God. Fresh, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Thank you for giving me that book. That was awesome. Oh, amazing. Amazing story. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. It's not the hands of men, but the hands of God that's touching people right now. Hand of God. Thank you, Lord. Hand of God. Now, you just reach out. I'm just a vessel. I'm just representing Him. He's touching people right now. Man, He's raising you up. He's setting you ablaze. Okay? Thank you, God. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Let me get over and touch this guy. This guy's got a call on his life. What are you, an evangelist or something? God, release the call of God on this man. God, stir it up. Stir the fire. Fresh, fresh, fresh. Thank you, God. Thank you. Thank you. Wind of heaven. 
wind of heaven. Thank you, Lord. Now, God, I'm going to ask him that this fire will increase throughout the day. That would be real. That'd be real. And even in the night season, is that okay? And tomorrow, Monday. But what if you're at work? That'd probably be the best. Because then folks would be saying, what in the world's going on with you? Well, you could say, Jesus. Jesus, you want to know Him. He really loves you. He'll touch your life too. So let's just ask God. Okay, Lord. You have not because you ask not. We're asking. Lord, we didn't come to church just to go to church and go home and hear some Bible story. That's, Lord, we want to encounter holy God. We want to encounter you. So, Lord, I'm asking for an increase of the fire throughout the day. Throughout the day. Lord, I'm asking even as a whirlwind, whirlwind of fire over us everywhere we go, through the night, in our dreams. God, tomorrow morning, Monday morning, Monday afternoon, Monday night, Tuesday. How many of you have faith for Wednesday? Okay, I got faith. Wednesday, Lord. Lord, we don't want to go back Wednesday and say, well, that was a good day Sunday. But no, we want the fire Wednesday. The fire Thursday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. God, we're asking. We're asking and we right now believe and we receive by faith. Say, Lord, thank you. Thank you for the abiding presence of God. Thank you for the fire of God. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. Thank you. So burn it out now. Burn it out. Burn it out. Hidden sin. Do you know there's sins of omission? Sins of commission and sins of omission. Right? Sins you know about, sins you don't know about. Lord, we ask you to burn out the sins we don't know about. The sins. Hidden sin. Presumptuous sin. Every iniquity. God, we ask you to burn. Fire of God. Every idle word we've spoken that we should never have spoken. Lord, we ask you right now. We repent. We ask for forgiveness. And we ask for the fire of God to burn it all out. Burn it all out. Sanctification. God, G.B. Cashwell. Lord, I stood right on his grave. The first place I stopped. It was, a, it was God. It was a miracle. There's no way that could happen. No way that could happen by accident. And he was a holiness preacher that started fires of revivals in the Carolina. And God, he was a, there was holiness. So God, I'm asking the same anointing that G.B. Cashwell had, let it burn in us to be holy men and women of God. Right now, I'm releasing it. I received it. I ask you for it, so I'm re releasing it right now. Everyone, there's nobody here by accident today. I'm releasing that mantle that was on those men, women. God, thank you. You know where that, that awakening in the East Coast happened in a tobacco field? Because they were tobacco farmers back in those days, you know. So they just burned up, the, I don't know, just a fire in the tobacco. So, Lord... Just release us. Some, some people need tobacco burned out of them too. So Lord, just burn all that out. Just burn all that out. We don't want any of that stuff. 
You know, they had to make a living in those days. But anyway, Lord, thank you. Hallelujah. Jesus. Now, God, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. If you receive this, just, just say, yes, God, I receive. Because I see this. This is real. This is no joke. This is really happening. It's like what we received that day, you're receiving right now. Okay? It's a new mantle to preach with fire. Holiness. Remember, they were holiness preachers. Holy. 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 More. 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 Now, Cashwell, I thought I read in the end of that book, the guy that started the Church of God actually had an encounter with God at one of Cashwell's meetings. An entire denomination came out of his preaching. Okay, God, we want big stuff. Big stuff. This big stuff. Big stuff. We want, we want nations to be changed. Whole people groups to encounter Jesus. It's not because we always are preaching. You preach just sometimes by just the way you look at people. You know what I mean? You may just walk by and not say a word, just breathe a prayer. But a lot of times you will say a word. So don't forget that part too. But Lord, thank you. In season, a word in season. Thank you, God. Okay, there are relatives that we've been praying for. How many of you for years? Okay, Lord, we're asking for the fast track. I mean, we could wait, but Lord, we're asking for the anointing because we don't know if they can wait. So we ask you, God, for an increase of the anointing of salvation of households among our families, our friends, God, relatives, cousins, uncles, aunts, sons and daughters, fathers, mothers. God, we ask you for household salvation in the name of Jesus. We thank you for the seeds that have been planted. And we right now, we just ask for pouring of the water and that the sun would shine and there would be a quick harvest in these people's lives. We declare salvation. Salvation has come in the name of Jesus. None shall perish in our families. But all, we believe this, God, and we thank you, and we trust you. We trust you.